Well, hello, hello and welcome. It's been another random week, which means it's time for another Waffle Free Story. It's Tina Constance here. How are you? Uh, as always, the waffle is in the show notes or go to www.tinaconstant.com to pick up everything else. But right now we're leaping right into this week's story, which is called The Fourth Mistake. Now, back in the very beginning, I have to say things were a mess. Mountains were too high, oceans were too deep, the sky was too low, and the trees were rooted so shallow that a single breeze would just knock them over. Now, if the gods were honest, they would admit that it was chaos. But they weren't honest at all. They'd look at Earth from high up in their temples and tell each other that everything was magnificent and perfect and wonderful. If it looks good enough from here, they'd boom, then it's good enough. Then they'd laugh and put a herd of creatures in a meadow with legs that were too long and necks that were too short. But they didn't care. They just went back to their banquet and said, let the caretaker fix things. And that was the first mistake. Now the caretaker was a doddery old man who wore muddy dungarees, a checked shirt with patched elbows, worn out socks and leaky boots. His job was to roam around the earth, shaving the tops off of mountains, filling in oceans, widening streams and rooting trees. It was a difficult job at the best of times. But as he got older, he was finding it harder and harder to do well. So without telling the gods, the caretaker decided to delegate. Now, no, that wasn't mistake number two. He needed help, so he got help. And the gods would have objected at best and interfered at worst. So no, as you'll see, delegation was not the mistake. Because the caretaker did care. He couldn't delegate to just anyone. He had to create someone who could do the job as well or better than he could. So after a great deal of thinking, he built two beings. Both were giants, so tall that they could reach the tops of mountains without using a ladder. One he named Axel, and the other he named B. And he put them to work with clear instructions on the perfect height of a mountain, the best green for a valley, the ideal temperature of an ocean, and the optimal role of a river. The caretaker then left his two giants to fix all the mistakes the gods made, allowing the caretaker himself to settle into his workroom and focus on his pet project. And that was mistake number two. Now the caretaker's project was kept well under wraps and behind closed doors and for good reason, because it wasn't just any project. The caretaker was building a miniature version of Earth itself. It was a model of how the caretaker thought Earth should be. He had to hide his little project because the gods would have been insulted and most likely destroyed it. And the caretaker couldn't let that happen because his version 
was exquisite. Everything was in exactly the right proportion. Every colour belonged. Every sound was in complete harmony. He even added little beings who could enjoy what he had built. He loved those little beings more than he ever thought possible. He painted them all sorts of colours. He made them all different shapes and sizes. He gave them things to do, toys to play with and stories to tell. The old caretaker crafted and perfected these little beings all day and often late into the night. And to keep them safe, whenever he left his workshop, even for a moment, he would close and lock the door. But on this one day, after the gods had had a riotous night full of mead and thunder and lightning, food, drink and pranks that included moving everything on the earth to a different location, like the ice and snow to one side, all the strangest animals to one island, the moon too far away and the sun too close, the caretaker, in his frustration and exhaustion, took an extra coffee break to gather himself. And to make sure his little beings didn't get too hot, he left his door open to allow a breeze to pass through. Now, as you can imagine, that was mistake number three. With a huge new place to explore, the little beings scrambled off the model of the world and raced into the real thing. The caretaker came back from his coffee break, saw what had happened and was mortified. He called the giants and told them to herd these little beings back in. Be gentle, the caretaker said. Watch every step. But Axel and B had another idea. You see, over their time working for the caretaker, they'd begun to disapprove of how the old man ran things, and they definitely didn't approve of his affection for these ugly little creatures. Let's destroy them, Axel whispered to B on his way out of the caretaker's workshop. Let's just Kill them all. And with that, Axel and B started to trample and stamp all over the earth, crushing and squashing the little beings where they stood. No matter what the caretaker said or did, Axel and B kept on going, and the little beings were easy pickings. They had never faced a threat in their lives. Everything up until then had been simple and safe. The caretaker, desperate to save his creations, did the only thing he could think of. He harnessed the wind and all of its knowledge and blew it into the lungs of the little creatures. Now, the wind, even in those early days, knew how to get out of a tight spot. So the little beings, suddenly filled with the wind's know-how, saw the giants coming, scattered and found places to hide that Axel and B could not reach. But the giants hunted and dug until they found the little creatures trapped and shivering in a corner. 
The caretaker saw this and was so determined to save them that he pulled heat from the sun and blasted it into the hearts of the little beings. With an explosion of passion and desire, fight and courage, the little beings erupted from their hiding places and confronted the giants, forcing them back. But Axel and B did not give up. And so the battle between the caretaker's tiny beings and the giants raged. Every time the giants cornered the creatures, the caretaker gave them a new skill. And in that way, quite without planning, the miniature beings became all-powerful and almighty. Imbued with the passion of the sun, the speed and cunning of the wind, the strength of the soil, the foresight of dawn and the hindsight of dusk, the little beings waged war with the giants that were so ferocious and so loud that as you would expect, it eventually drew the attention of the gods. The gods roared from the mountaintop, causing Axel B and the caretaker to freeze where they stood. But because the little beings were filled with so much power, they didn't shake or tremble at the sight of the gods. Instead, they saw their opportunity to get rid of the giants for good. The little beings whipped up a wind, burrowed deep into the soil and rocks, lit a great fire and pulled Axel and B into it, turning them into mighty volcanoes, trapping them a hundred miles below the earth, sealing them in tight. This wanton display of strength and destruction bewildered the caretaker and shocked the gods. But again, filled with all that fury, the mini-beings turned on the gods and raised their tiny fists. Well, the gods were insulted and stunned. How dare they? <laughs> so the gods gathered their collective power and were just about to obliterate these insolent little beings when the caretaker did the only thing left to do. He pulled fog from the ocean and shrouded the many beings in a thick blanket of the stuff, meaning to hide them from the gods, giving him time to explain what had happened and beg the gods to spare them. But the little beings, full of blood and fight, victory and fury, would have none of it. They wanted to stare the gods down and take over the world. So in their madness and arrogance, they sucked the fog in. They breathed it, they inhaled it, and they absorbed every drop of it. The fog filled their bodies and filled their minds. For a moment, the little beings were confused, but they were sure it would pass, so they kept on breathing in the mist 
until their minds were so full of fog that they found thinking and concentrating almost impossible. The caretaker watched in horror as his mini-creations turned from a focused, dedicated force to a herd of dithering idiots who could hardly work out how to stand, let alone how to fight, and they seemed to have no idea who they were or how they had got there. Suddenly, so helpless and comical, the gods decided to let these little creatures wander the earth for the gods' entertainment. But the caretaker was heartbroken. He had no choice but to watch his pride and joy being toyed with and abused. And that's when the caretaker made the fourth mistake. In the dead of night, when the gods dozed and slept off too much mead, the caretaker whispered into the ear of every one of his little inventions. And that night, for the first time ever, the little beings all had their first dream. And night after night, they all dreamed again. And their dreams were wild and huge, magnificent and powerful, violent, vengeful and fantastical. And slowly, quietly, in the early hours of dawn, the little beings realized that they could remember those dreams. And what they could remember, they soon learned they could make real. And so it was that while the gods slept, the caretaker's tiny inventions finally did take over the whole world. And there you go. Oh, humanity in the earth. Ah, that's it from Waffle Free Storytelling this week. Have a spectacular week ahead of you. Go and do something special and spectacular. And uh, love this planet that we're on that perhaps we shouldn't be. I don't know. <laughs> All right, I will see you next time. But uh, before then, Drop around to www.tinaconstant.com and uh, there you'll find everything else, including the Waffle Free storybooks, uh, Join the Fireside, and all sorts of other marvelous things. So have a good one. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye now.